Today we're going to be discussing Noah and the Ark. You know, a lot of people think that Noah's Ark is just a kid's story that you learn in kids' church. But is it? Is there more to this story than meets the eye? Our title today is called Noah's Ark and the Gospel. My name is Matt Clark, and you're listening to The Parent Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, zero, ignition, liftoff. All right, welcome everybody to The Parent Podcast. Again, my name is Matt Clark. And normally in the studio with me is Ben Hoyer. However, that is not the case tonight. Ben Hoyer is out of commission. He's having surgery. So I got the next best thing. In fact, I think I got the better thing. Her name, the one and only, Brittany Clark, everybody. My wife. My wife is going to be guest starring on the podcast. Brittany, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you, Matt? (laughs) I'm doing awesome. The impression that I do of you matches exactly what you just did there. My name is Brittany. Yay! Yippee! Yippee! I am so happy to be here today. Better be. She, uh, Brittany agreed to do this mostly because I couldn't get anybody else and it's late at night and just kidding. Brittany knows more about the Bible than I do. She's the expert that we've brought in and so uh, so I'm glad that you're here. And you, I gotta, I gotta be honest, I love Ben, but you are way better looking than Ben Hoyer. I hope so. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> way better. You smell better and I love that you don't have a beard like Ben. Mm-mm. So No, got that under control. Got <laughs> Got it under control. I, I'm glad. It's one of the things I love about our marriage. Well, uh, what, what exactly is wrong with Ben again? He had surgery on his neck or shoulder or something. Mm-hmm. Yep, all of those things. Okay, all of those things. All right, so he's he's getting better. Pray for Ben. Uh, he he hates that he can't be here, but uh, but get better soon, Ben. All right. We love you, Ben. We love you. That's all we're going to say. All right, let's move on. So um, our podcast today, again, is titled Noah's Ark and the Gospel, and we're going to be talking about this because... I, I know personally when when I when I talk about these these stories and stuff in kids' church, there's always two stories that that seem to be the most famous. If I had to say the most famous kids' church stories of all, and that's Noah's Ark mm-hmm. and David and Goliath. Those mm-hmm. are the two like go-to Bible stories in kids' ministry. And um, we're not to David and Goliath just yet, but we're so we're going to focus on Noah's Ark. Well. Um, we just talked about this uh, in kids' church, and what, what I thought would be cool is if we, we broke down what this story um, uh, foreshadows and what it's, what's, what's really going on in this story. Because I, I think when you listen to Noah's Ark or you read about Noah's Ark, it's really easy to say that it's, it's a story about somebody who had faith. Right, mm. but 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 there's a lot more going on than that. I mean, yeah. you'd agree with that, right? Definitely. Okay, great. First off, you look great in my hoodie. We for for everybody listening, we are in the the back room of our house, and it is freezing back here. And I was mm-hmm. going to get my hoodie, and because I, I was freezing, then I noticed that Brittany had it on. So um, she's nice and toasty warm, and I'm freezing. I can neither confirm nor deny the ownership of this sweatshirt. I can confirm exactly whose sweatshirt that is. But anyways. Finders look, keepers. There we go. You look great in it. What's what's mine is yours. Oh, wait. How does that go? What's Finders it? keepers. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> we'll go with that. All right. So anyways, back to, back to our uh, back to our story here. But um, but Noah's Ark and, uh, and, you know, like I said, David and Goliath, it's easy to look at these stories and, and just see uh, like a, a stories, Bible stories that teach good morals. Now, now, what, what a lot of people don't realize is that um, our church, be, because I work at a church, there there are at least two nights a week that I'm not home to help put the kids to sleep because of church on Wednesday night and church on Saturday night. And so Brittany here puts the kids to bed all by her lonesome a couple nights a week. 
And Brittany is, is, is incredible at making sure that the kids hear the Bible stories. So I'm going to ask you as a mother and as a Christian, okay, um, how, how, as a parent, how should we view uh, like these Old Testament stories? Because I think a lot of people think mm-hmm. that the Old Testament and the New Testament, um, that there, there might be this big disconnect. Mm-hmm. Like we, we are talking about Noah's Ark and the gospel. And we're going to talk about how those two are, are uh, um, you know, related, but but is it correct for a person or a parent to teach their kids uh, like just the, the, these Bible stories in the Old Testament are all separate and they all have mm-hmm. different like morals that we should learn or virtues or what, what's your take on that? Yeah, definitely. Well, in our house, we have about six different children's Bibles and our habit is to pick one up and just read straight through it beginning to end. And then we pick up the next one and read that beginning to end. So we're always reading through a Bible. They're all still children's Bibles. We're not reading out of the actual Holy Scriptures yet, but I think that's okay. When we read those children's stories, there's a lot more of Old Testament stories than there are of the New Testament, you know? So there has to be something there. When I read them to to the kids, I want to focus on A, Bible knowledge. I want them to know the stories and know them so well that they will know them after they stop hearing them all the time. Right. You know, when they're 15 and when mm-hmm. they're 25 and when they're 35, I want them to be Bible literate. Right. Secondly, I want them to see the common thread of redemption through scripture. That when they read scripture, whether it's the creation story, Noah's Ark, Daniel in the lion's den, any story you see, there's always a thread of redemption. And that is God's big story, the work that he's trying to accomplish in history and time. And he is still accomplishing through us today. Um, The other thing that we focus on a lot with the kids is God's sovereignty. This is a basic foundational truth that we want them to understand. And um, I want them to know that they can trust God Mm -hmm. and that he has a plan for their lives. And if they trust him, he will lead them in that plan. Right, right. So when we read stories like creation, mm-hmm. you know, Noah's Ark, all these ones over and over again, I want them to always come back to the fact at the end that God was the one who orchestrated that event in that person's life. He allowed this thing to happen to Noah and he um, helped him to accomplish his work with the ark. Mm-hmm. And he um, put Joseph in a certain place in time, even though it looked like it was terrible um, at the time, but it was important because Joseph ended up rescuing Israel and giving them a place to live in the middle of a famine. Right. And those stories go on and on all throughout scripture. Right, right. So, so God's sovereignty, I love that, you mm-hmm. know, God is in control. Um, and, and then the redemptive, the redemptive, uh, the redemptive nature of all these stories that point yeah. towards the need for a savior, mm-hmm. you know, that, 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 that we are in sin and that we need saved, yeah. you know? And then I like the third or the first of the three that you said was that you just want our kids to be uh, biblically literate, which, Absolutely. uh, which is a big, big thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. a lot of people, uh, you know, you know, as parents, that's what we got to be teaching our kids simply is just teach them the Bible, teach mm-hmm. them to know these stories. And then as they get older, they can kind of dive into the deeper meanings of them, but mm-hmm. at least know it. So, so that's great. And I know you do that every night with the kids. And when I'm home, I try to do it too, right? Every night, except Wednesdays, 
there's no stories on Cubby's Night. Oh, that's the right. The children <laughs> understand that. It's well, straight they're, to they're bed. learning it at church, so mm-hmm. it's straight to bed. Yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. There we go. Um, great, great. So, um, so yeah, I think that I think that's awesome. And so, what we're going to do now is we're going to break down this this uh, the title is Noah's Ark and the Gospel, and we're going to break down how those two are related because I think when when a person hears this statement, it's easy to say. Oh yeah, Noah's Ark is in Genesis or the beginning of the Bible, and then the Gospel. Oh, that's the first four books of the New Testament: Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The story of Jesus being born and dying and, and living and dying. Mm-hmm. Well, um, what, what we're going to try to do today is we're tr- going to try to convince you that the Gospel is actually present throughout all of Scripture. It's mm-hmm. not just in the New Testament. Okay, um, and Brittany hinted at that earlier when she made the point about this redemptive nature of these stories. Is that? Um, uh, the, you know, the last couple of weeks in kids' church, let me just say this, is we've been we've been talking about, obviously we've been talking about creation, we talked about mankind being made, and then we dove into what we call the plot twist, or the, uh, the, the tension in the story, which is when sin entered the world. So Adam and Eve, you know, they disobey God by eating the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and then sin has now entered into the world. And the last couple of weeks, we've been talking specifically about how this sinful nature that came from Adam and Eve has now been manifest throughout the world. So you've got Cain and Abel we learned about last week. And obviously, you know, Cain was jealous of Abel, so he killed him. Uh, there's that 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 sinful desire that came mm-hmm. from jealousy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got uh, this week, which we talked about, was was Noah's Ark. And uh, and in this story, um, which, uh, which can be found in Genesis 6, 5 to 22, and then the the, uh, the later, if you read a little bit later in Genesis 9, 1 to 11, we reference that portion as well. But this is a story that um, I, I almost wanted to call this podcast Sweet and Sour, uh, or Sweet and Sour Sauce, mm-hmm. uh, because there there's uh, there's definitely a sourness to this story. I mean, we're going to we're gonna talk about this where, uh, well, you know what, let's just go ahead and start reviewing the story right now, shall we? Um, let's, for the, yeah, let's yeah, do it. Let's do it. Let's so, do it. So who, if you've never heard Noah's Ark, let's say that you're listening to this podcast and you've never heard it, we're going to give you a crash course, cliff note version, okay? Mm-hmm. So essentially you've got, um, you've got uh, God who, well, you know what, let's, let's turn straight to scripture for this, shall we? Why don't you read Genesis, <laughs> okay. mm-hmm. read us a couple of verses from Genesis 6. Absolutely. Okay, Genesis 6, 5. When the Lord saw that man's wickedness was widespread on the earth, and that every scheme his mind thought of was nothing but evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. All right, let's stop there. Okay, so in this story, and I'm going to kind of summarize the last part there, but I wanted to make sure that we had that first verse there um, word for word because it's very important. You've got God who has looking he's looking down on his creation people mankind and he sees that not only are they sinful and they've turned to the desires of their heart but they do it continually my mm. version of the bible says that they do it continually mm. okay that they can't stop thinking about it that's all they can think about is the sinful desires of their heart and it says that god was he was grieved by this and and later on in in this passage it says that uh, his exact quote was i regret that i even made them mm. Could you imagine if your mom mm-hmm. or dad said that to you? Mm-hmm. That'd be terrible. Mm. But Pastor Joe has never said that to you before. Oh, no, never. No. <laughs> Who would ever say that to Brittany? Of course You're a perfect not. child. You were, born, you were born saved. You're fine. Pretty much. So so, um, so God looks down on his his people, and they, they are so bad, and they, they are, they're so sinful that that he's grieved by this. He's, he's literally just his heart breaks for this. And he wishes that he had never even made them because they have turned away. Now, if you've been in kids' church 
I would say this, I've been saying this statement every week for the last five weeks, and it is this, is that God made the world and everything in it for his glory, okay? And the kids always can say, they go, glory, and they fill it in, right? And and that's kind of the main message that we've been trying to teach from from this uh, this portion of the Bible where it's talking about God creating and sin entering the world, is that God created everything in it for his glory. That means that God made everything so that he could be glorified. Now, imagine that God made humans to glorify him and he looks down and he sees all these people and none of them are glorifying him. Imagine that. You know, it's a, it's a terrible thing. Everything on the earth was destruction, disease, and mm-hmm. death, mm-hmm. which is all the things that God hates. Well, well, well. It's bad news. Depressing. Yeah, I, you know, before we were talking about this before, we were talking about um, like if, if we went out and bought a vacuum cleaner today and I mean, the whole purpose of a vacuum cleaner is to vacuum your floors, right? And if you get a vacuum cleaner and then it breaks down after a week or so and then and then it can't be fixed, it's just a piece of junk, you're like, man, well, what am I going to do with this vacuum cleaner? It's not going to be a lamp. It's not going to be a, a refrigerator. Like it had one purpose and that was to clean the floors. Now, in, so what are we going to do? We're going to get rid of it, you know? And in the same way in this story of Noah's in the ark, or Noah and the ark, I'm sorry, is that God looks down on the people, he sees that they are not doing what they were made to do, and God decides in his uh, in His wisdom that it is time that he destroys the earth. Mm-hmm. Now, this is what we call the, this would be the sour part of the story, you know, it's, it's sad, you know, mm-hmm. and I know that when we talked about all these people with their minds continually on sin, uh, you made a reference to like, like a drug addict or something. Mm-hmm. What, what did you mean by that? Well, what kind of addiction or idol can make you just completely sinful and selfish at all times, no matter what? Mm-hmm. And the only thing I could think of was a drug addiction. And think right. about a drug, a drug addict who mm-hmm. just can, all they do is live for the next hit. And it doesn't matter what's going on in their life, if they have children or whatever, they can't they can't rationally think about it or take care of anyone else except for their own selves and their own need for that. And they'll go to really great lengths and terrible things to, that's right. To accomplish that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I watch a lot of movies and in the movies you see that, like in you know, the drug addicts, they're willing to do almost anything for right. that next hit. Yeah. And it's really depressing when you see it, you're mm-hmm. like, man. And, and, and I, I agree with you like that. Mm-hmm. That's, I think that's a good probably mindset. Well, maybe to, there was a lot of drug use happening at the time. There could have been, yeah, there could have been, or, or in that sinful nature, just, this, this is what we talked about before in, in one of our other podcasts, is that it, it's it's wrong to think that we're born good and that we will choose the good. You know, we're all born sinners, mm. you know, and um, and I know previously in this passage, it says that, that, um, that uh, you know, people forgot about God. Mm. They just, they forgot about him. And, mm-hmm. they, and then they just focused on themselves. Just like you said, they, mm-hmm. they, the, the drug addict, it's this constant hit that they mm-hmm. want to just keep getting and they'll do anything for it. And these people, they, they, I think they made themselves their idol. They made themselves the, the main thing of their life. It was all mm-hmm. selfish, selfish, selfish. So in the sweet and sour uh, scenario here, this is definitely the sour, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking about God is grieved. And, and uh, he's decided that he's going to destroy the earth by a flood. Now, mm-hmm. here's where it gets sweet, okay? Because mm-hmm. there is some good out of this story, mm-hmm. is that later on we, we read that there is a man named Noah. And Noah, it says that he's upright in the ways of the Lord mm-hmm. and that he's a good, righteous man. And God, in his grace, decides that he is going to save Noah and his family. So, um, you know, I think a lot of people, especially in Western culture, the United States, I think that there is such an emphasis on the grace of God and not 
and people try to avoid the wrath of God, mm. you know? Do you agree? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We and, don't want to talk about sin. Right, I don't right. want to hear about sin. Yeah, it makes me feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> so so they focus on the grace thing, you know? You know, uh, God will bless you. God will bless you. And mm-hmm. do this, and you'll be blessed. And mm-hmm. it's just, I mean, it's great. That's awesome. But mm-hmm. but there is an element of, uh, of the gospel, which is sin. Mm-hmm. And so, real quick, we I know that our... our our podcast is titled Noah's Ark and the Gospel. If uh, if I had to define the gospel, this is how I would define it. Um, the gospel is literally, uh, well, I don't know why I said literally, but the gospel <laughs> is um, everybody is born with a sinful nature. And we, because of that sin, we're separated from God, which means we are in need of a savior. Mm-hmm. We are in need of redemption. Mm-hmm. And the redemption in the Bible comes in the form of a man named who? Jesus. Jesus, you got it. You're so smart. I love it. But uh, but but it's Jesus, you know. And and um, I, this is where we're gonna we're gonna kind of talk about we're gonna compare now the gospel and this story of Noah's Ark because there is a lot of similarity here. So let me just finish up telling about about the rest of the story. So remember, God looks down, sees people, they're sinful, decides that he's going to destroy the, the world with a flood. But he sees one family, a man named Noah, who's righteous and upright in his ways, and he decides that he's going to save him. So he gives him instructions on how to build this ark. It's an amazing uh, structure that he builds. And then him and his family get into the ark. And then um, and then it says that God shut the door. And this is in Genesis 7, 16. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it says that God shut the door. And so when we're talking about the grace aspect here, um, uh, last week in our podcast, when we had Doctor or uh, Mister Doctor Mike Smith, I think he's a doctor. Yeah, he's got a PhD or something. But but Mike Smith had made the comment that God, in His grace, closed that door. Noah didn't have to close that door. Mm-hmm. And could you imagine? Could you imagine being Noah and saying, "I'm about to close the door and close all these people"? I mean, that'd be that's yeah. you know we're not God. You know, we can't. I don't think that's just a tough thing to think it's about. It's a huge responsibility that Noah had to carry. Right. Right. And so God, in his grace, just like Mike said last week, is he closed that door so that Noah didn't have to do it. And so, um, so anyway, so they, you know, they, they float on the water for, uh, it's 40 days and for 40 nights, it rains for 40 days and for 40 nights. Mr. Mike last week said that they, that the flood, uh, went on for about a year. He said it it went on a long time, you know? And so, so they get off the ark and God in his love says, you know what, you guys, you know, I love you. Um, I'm going to commission you to do something, but first I'm going to put a uh, something in the sky that is a covenant for you that that is a way of my saying, it's my promise to you that I will never destroy the earth again by mm-hmm. flooding. And that is a rainbow. Mm-hmm. It's a rainbow. And, and you know, th- there, there's a significance to that because that's the first covenant that God made with somebody here. This is the first promise that he made to anybody is that he will never destroy the earth again by flooding it. And so then this is where he gives Noah and his family this commission, right? He says, be fruitful and multiply, spread throughout the whole earth and fill it with inhabitants. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's the story of Noah's Ark. Now, what I want to do is I want to go back and I want to talk about how this relates to the gospel. What does Jesus have to do with Noah's Ark? Okay. So we've talked about God's wrath. We've talked about that. And, and with the, in the gospel, everybody is, everybody's born a sinner, right? And I love what you said about this redemptive theme throughout the old Testament is that when you look at every story of the Old Testament, there are stories where I, when we were talking earlier, I'd mentioned that uh, that you know you can look at some of these Bible stories and get a good virtue or a good moral out of it. And you're you said or none or none. Yeah, there's not a lot of morality in the Old Testament. Yeah, and I think a, 
a pretty clear answer to that is because there's no Holy Spirit yet. Mm -hmm. So the Holy Spirit is what works in us to give us righteousness. They didn't have that yet. All they had was the law. And the law is basically a line up above your head that says, jump up here. Mm -hmm. Once you cross the line, then you're good. But you can never jump that high. So they're just constantly jumping and jumping and jumping, and it's never really going to work. Right, right. The, so the law that you're talking about in the Old Testament, God has given us, essentially it's a set of rules to live by. Mm. And nobody can live by these rules. I love that you said it's a line above your head because it's impossible to, to really hit the standard every time. Um, and so uh, so God knows this. He knows that it's it takes more than just us trying our best. We need somebody. We need something to intervene for us. Mm-hmm. And that's that redemptive theme that's throughout the whole Old Testament. So when looking at the Old Testament, we should, every every story, literally everything points to a coming Savior that is going to free them. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of Israel hinged on it. Like they, 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 they really were waiting for this Messiah to come, you know. And so uh, when we look at Noah here, I think it's a good symbol. There's some symbolism there about the gospel because we are sinners. We're born with a sinful nature, which means this sin separates us from God. So if that's all there is, when we die, we don't go to heaven. We go to hell. And, and we deserve it because we have a sinful nature. The gospel, though, tells us that you don't have to go to hell with this sinful nature because somebody can come and on your behalf die for you and, and uh, cleanse you of that sin. And that's exactly what Jesus does. Now, in our story here, you see that there is there's this element of death where God is going to destroy everybody, but in his grace, in his love, he provides a way out, just like Jesus provides a way out for us. In this story, God provides a way out for Noah, and his salvation in this story is the ark, right? So he gets on the ark, and then they live, okay? So um, so, so there, there is that symbolism there, and I, and I think it's pretty sweet, you know, that you can look at this story and say, this is a, this is a, uh, a, a symbolic foreshadowing of the upcoming Mm -hmm. uh gospel or the upcoming savior that's coming right so and if i could just add to that when when god decided to send the flood yes he was angry and he was sad but he was also doing it as an act of mercy on the the human race because we were going to destroy ourselves Mm -hmm. essentially and once noah's family was overtaken by the rest of the corrupt world, there would have been nothing left. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would have destroyed everyone. And so it really was an act of grace. And it says in the story that he's going to wipe the earth clean. Mm-hmm. He's going to start fresh. And that's really what he did. And so then fast forward to um, when Jesus came. Again, we needed a savior. We needed a fresh start because the law wasn't working. Right. And um, when Jesus came, he he makes us a new creation. He wipes us clean. So instead of physically destroying and, and restarting the whole earth, he comes now to individuals through the Holy Spirit and wipes us clean. Mm-hmm. Right. That's awesome. 
Yeah, that's, I didn't think about that. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, and then I'll just add one more thing. Yeah, because at the second it. coming, when Jesus comes again, uh-huh. he's going to give us a whole new earth. And there's not going to be anything destroyed except for what was already destroyed right. in the tribulation. But Now, Brittany, you know we're going through the Bible chronologically. I can't help it. I just You're get jumping excited. to the very I end. I get too excited. Yeah, I can't let's... help it. I told you, redemptive thread. You can see the whole Bible from a bird's eye view. It's so much yes, fun. Yes, <laughs> I'm geeking yes, out here. Just wait. When we talk about the end times, I'll bring you back. Thank okay? you. Okay. All right. Thank you. He's off. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, uh, and I think, I think you said something very important there. Looking at the scripture from a bird's eye view is a very, very important thing to do. Mm-hmm. It's easy. Um, I, I've talked about this before where there's a difference between there's a thing called systematic theology and a thing called biblical theology. And while systematic theology is really good, it's easy to, uh, well, for those who, if you didn't listen to the previous one, or systematic theology is literally when you just take portions of scripture and you base a theology on it. So if you're trying to learn about prayer, you look at all the passages that talk about prayer. If you're trying to learn about angels, just the passages about angels. The, the danger of systematic theology is it's easy to, um, uh, to take things out of context and it's easy to not see the entire picture. When you study the Bible um, in, in, in through the lens of biblical theology, you're, you're forming your theology based on the overarching story of, of what Scripture is trying to tell you. Mm-hmm. And, and really, um, the story of Scripture is what we just said. It's the gospel. That's mm-hmm. exactly what it is. From the, the very beginning, from creation... You see that that God had an original intent for us, which was to worship Him and glorify Him. We break that promise. We we sway. We we stray away from that original intent, and now instead of giving Him the glory, what do we do? Is we give ourselves the glory because that's what sin is. Is when you, essentially, sin is the the root of sin. I think is when you just focus on yourself so much. Self righteousness. You know? Yeah, it's it's I you're, you're I don't idolizing need God. yourself. I don't need God. Right. I'm fine. Which is what the serpent said. Did he mm-hmm. really say mm-hmm. that? I mean, you don't, come on. You're not right. really going to die, you know, and it's, and it's all on them. So a liar, a sneaky little yeah. liar. And snakes are terrible. They're let's terrible. be honest. They're not I as bad as them. bats. I hate bats. I they're don't the worst. Know. They're bad. They're all they're bad. They're close. <laughs> so, so here's what I want to do. I want to talk about real quick. We, we talked about the wrath of God. We've talked about the grace of God. You know, the wrath of God is that he destroyed the world. The grace of God is that not only did he send Jesus later on in the Bible, but in this story, he saved Noah. Okay. He didn't have to, but he did. Okay. Um, and, and one one quick point before we do this last uh, this last section here is um, it, it's wrong to think that Noah was perfect. Okay. Oh, yeah, for Noah, sure. Noah still had a sinful desire every or sinful nature. Everybody did. But, but Noah still turned to God. It said he was mm-hmm. upright, which means... I imagine most of the times he was was good, but but to say that he was perfect is wrong. Mm-hmm. So don't don't think that Noah was a perfect man. Okay, mm-hmm. he in in terms of the nature, his nature was still as sinful as everybody else. Mm-hmm. But God, because he loved him, saved him. So this is how I want to end this last uh, this last section here. And this is kind of a uh, maybe you could call this like an action item for the parents listening and for for the Christians of the world. Um, in in the, the last part of the story here, you see that Noah, when him and his family get off the ark, God gives him a commission or gives him a command to be fruitful and multiply. Now, um, the way we're going to... So, so, I mean, really, because they were the only family left and you needed more people on the earth. So he was like, be fruitful, multiply, and spread throughout the whole world. The whole world. Inhabit the world, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, when, when you tie that into the gospel, um, you know, when, when you think about... Well, well, how can you, how is this symbolic in the gospel? And, and, and we're not telling you guys to go out there and have a million babies and try to populate the earth. But here's what we are telling you is that 
think of it this way. When, when Noah had that command to be fruitful, multiply, and to spread throughout the whole earth, we as Christians have that same command just to do it spiritually. So me and you as Christians, our, our command, and, and you can see this in Matthew 28, it's the Great Commission. He says, go into all the world and make disciples and, and essentially spread the good news, mm-hmm. you know? And so we have a command to not make more people, but to go out and make disciples of people, to turn people to God, mm-hmm. to, 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 to spread that way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I love what you said is in the Old Testament, they didn't have the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit in us. That means that God resides inside of us. Mm-hmm. And we are to not keep that to ourselves. You know, in Christmas, the worst thing you can do is if you have a gift from somebody, the worst thing you can do is keep it to yourself. During Christmas, you give it away, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's the same way. If you have the gift of Jesus living inside of your heart, just like Noah and his family had to be fruitful and multiply, we need to be fruitful and multiply in spiritually. Christianity. Mm -hmm. Tell the good news. What do you think about that? Oh, I totally agree. And I think we need to go one step backward. And we were talking about the gospel. And um, if you want to share the gospel, then first you have to have the gospel. Mm -hmm. And so maybe people are listening and they're thinking, yeah, I have the gospel. I know I'm a sinner and I know I need a savior. But there's a response that you have to have. And that response is very easy. It's just belief. You have to believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior, that he is the Son of God, and he was sent to save you. Mm-hmm. And then there's a response after that, and that is to obey him. Because Scripture says that if you believe in Jesus Christ, you will be saved. But whoever does not obey his word, mm-hmm. the wrath of God still remains on him. It says that in John. And it's really, really important to remember that, that we have a response to the gospel. You can know it in your mind, but if you don't have a heart change, if you haven't let Jesus Christ wipe you clean and make you a new creation, then you're still not jumping high enough. Right. The only work you ever have to do to get to heaven and have eternal life is to believe in Jesus Christ. Right. And let me, this is the perfect way to end this. I'm so glad you said that because... Um, I have a story that I want to tell, and it's one of my favorite stories. It I helps. love your stories. <laughs> I, I, now, I can't tell you that this is an original story, but, I, but I've heard it from somewhere. But, you know, John 3.16, probably the most famous verse in the Bible, says, um, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Now, a lot of people think, um, the, well, the most important word in that passage is the word believe, because I think the word believe is probably not... Um, accurately described nowadays. A lot of people think that believe means, um, oh, I can just, you know, know, I know in my mind that God exists. I know, you know, yeah, I believe that he sent Jesus to die. It's intellectual, you mean? It's an intellectual thought, Mm -hmm. you know? And and this is why, like, people will say, like, well, I've heard atheists on, like, on debates and stuff. They'll say, like, the Christian will say, well, what, what will it take to make you believe in God? And they said, well, if God came across the sky and wrote out in the sky that I am God, then I would believe. And, and you know, here's the thing. Probably not, because all that's done is switch their mind intellectually. You know who else believes that way, that God exists, is the devil. Mm-hmm. You know who else believes? The demons. I mean, right. in the Bible, it says that. They know exactly what Jesus did on the cross. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter what you think in your mind. It's what you believe in your heart. Now, let me give you the story here. So this helps me. I tell this to the kids all the time. And forgive me if I've said this in a previous podcast. I get pumped when I tell this story because it's a great one. But, but essentially, there, there's a guy who goes to um, this big canyon. And he, and, he, and he ties this tightrope across the canyon. And he says, 
all right, I'm going to try to make a little bit of money today and ooh and all these people. So he gathered a crowd around him and he says, all right, you see this tightrope that goes across this steep canyon? I'm going to walk across it. Who thinks that I can walk across it? And nobody in the crowd thought he could. They were just like, this is crazy. You can't just walk across a tightrope across the Grand Canyon. So he says, behold, and he walks across and walks all the way back and he goes, ta-da. And everybody's in awe. They're just like, wow, that is amazing. And he goes, okay, the next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to do it backwards. Who thinks I can do it? And they're just like, no, okay, okay, no, that's completely different. So he walks it backwards, comes all the way back, and he's like, behold, I did it. And everybody's, again, they're like, wow. And then he goes, bring me that wheelbarrow. And he goes, I'm going to put the wheelbarrow on the rope with me, and I'm going to go all the way across. And everybody goes, there is no way you can walk all the way across with a wheelbarrow. And he goes, really, you don't think so? They said, no. And he goes, well, what if I put bricks in it? And they were just like, well, definitely not then. If you put bricks in it, then no. He was like, behold, filled it up with bricks, walked <laughs> all the way across the, the tightrope, walked all the way back. And at this point, everybody, they're believers. They're like, wow, this is, this is amazing. This guy totally can do it. And he says, for my last one, who thinks I can put a human in this wheelbarrow and go all the way across? And everybody raised their hand. They're like, dude, dude, yes, definitely. You can do this. We've seen you do it. We know you can do it. This is amazing. And he goes, okay, great. Who would like to volunteer? And not a single hand went up. Mm -hmm. And that right there is the difference between believing something and putting your belief in something. So when you talk about that response, the response is to give your life to Jesus. Every thought, every action, and every word Mm -hmm. should be towards the glorification of God. If you're not willing to get inside the wheelbarrow, you don't believe in God. Right. That's what it is. Get in the wheelbarrow. So parents, if you're listening, your job as a parent is to convince your kids. It's to teach your kids to get inside the wheelbarrow. And the best way for that to happen is not to teach them. Uh, it's, not, it's not necessarily to tell them. It's to show them with your lifestyle. If they see you, quote unquote, getting in the wheelbarrow in everyday living, then they will, they will realize that that's something that they should do too. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that, Britt? I do. And I want to encourage the parents who are listening to let your children see you studying scripture and let them see you praying on a regular basis. And, um, you know, I grew up in a Christian home. My um, dad was a pastor and my mom taught Bible study. And it was not unusual for me to wake up in the morning, go out to breakfast. My dad was in his Bible study Mm -hmm. where he was praying. And... I'd get home from school and my mom was sitting on the couch doing her Bible study. And those things made such a huge impact on me. And now I love God's word and I read it daily and I study it and teach my own Bible study and I'm teaching my own kids and I'm learning how to pray. And I want my kids to see me doing those things because I know that those are the things that are going to stick in their mind and they're going to look at their mom and their dad and say, this must be real. Mm-hmm. If they cared this much and they gave their life to it, this this must be real. That's right. Gave their life to it, not cared their life to it. Mm-hmm. Gave their life to it. Yeah, got it. <laughs> I think we all knew what you meant. So anyways, yes, I love it. I love it. Um, let your kids see you living out the gospel. Let them see you living it out, not just telling them about it. So the worst thing people can do is tell you about the gospel and then not live it out. It's called hypocrisy. So well, Noah had to do it. I mean, if he told you know told his kids they're in this world full of people who hated God and only cared about themselves, and if he told his three sons, "You should believe in God. He's really good. I love him," but then God told him to build an ark, and he said, "No way." Mm-hmm. Well, that's a bad example. 
That's right. You can't, that's, it's hypocritical. You just can't do that. What greater example can you give your kids than to obey him with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and bring your kids along with you. He brought his kids with him in the ark. Right. That's right. Bring your kids along with you. Would you take all three of our kids with us in the ark? Which one would you leave behind? I'd have to really Don't think about it, but I would probably bring them. Based on today, I think I know which one you would leave, but we're going to leave that up to the audience to, we, to we just guess. Need, please pray for us. <laughs> All right. Well, we're, we're going to go ahead and call it quits now. We're, we're five minutes over. So um, you're welcome. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> me and Britt both. Me and Britt both like to talk. So uh, especially so, about the Bible. Yeah, that's right. So, all right. Well, uh, thank you for tuning in today, parents. Again, if you ever have any questions or prayer requests that you'd love to uh, get to us, you can email me at mclark at genoachurch.org. That's m c l a r k at genoachurch.org. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Um, other than that, thanks for tuning in. And uh, Brittany, why don't you say goodbye to everybody? Peace out. Peace out. All right. Uh, My name is Matt Clark. That's Brittany Clark. And uh, you've been listening to The Parent Podcast. See you next time.